Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Church of the Lord this morning, church. Let's give a break.
harmony in the home. We want a series dealing with harmony, and next week it'll be harmony in uh, fellowship in the church. Amen. How many believe harmony is a good thing? Oh, hallelujah. Uh, I knew the Lord had a check in my spirit some weeks ago. I mentioned uh, after I was concluding our series, I was going to go to the Old Testament. And I just felt, no, we need to stay in the New. And I wanted to do this series on harmony. And I believe it will be a blessing to you. We're going to talk about the home today. And uh, more than ever, the, the church should be concerned about the state of the home. How many believe that? You know, when we look out over the, the events of this last week, and we see even just yesterday, and who knows what's going on today, I haven't even gotten that far, but we see so many people, uh, and I, I'm an American citizen like you, I don't mind uh, ex people exercising a First Amendment right of free speech, but when you smash other people's cars, and you attack people, and you, you beat people for supporting a party you don't happen to agree with, I think that's going a little too far. There's something wrong there. And I think we're going to put our finger on it today. And I'm going to show you where the cause of that lies. It's really in the home. Uh, you raise up your children probably with a respectful authority. They're not going to go out and do that. That's right. So we've seen this breakdown in society uh, happening over the last really several decades, and it's gotten to a point where it's, it's, if you, I'll use a colloquialism of today, it's gotten off the chain. You know, this is just crazy. Uh, violence is never to be tolerated by a society. Well, we have no society, amen? When we look at the home, that's really where the stability of a nation, of a church, of, of businesses, of Everything stems from harmony and a respectful authority. You know, we look at the divorce rate in the United States alone, and it's over 50%. But what's more staggering than that is when you look at the statistics for the church, the divorce rate should be much lower. How many believe that? It shouldn't even exist. But it's just the same in the church as it is in the world. Something's wrong. We're missing something. Now, if you've been divorced and remarried, I'm not. I'm not here to bash you today or, or, or jump up in your face. I mean, we all. Uh, I'm not going to throw the first stone because if I did, you you, can, you rightfully stone me back. I got my own issues to deal with. Amen. We're not here to do that, but we want to look at God's word and see what He says about these issues as as it relates to harmony in the home. Disharmony that's, you know, often ends in divorce, you know, destroys lives. It hurts people. It, I came from a broken home. But you know, the Apostle James says these things ought not be so. And I agree with Apostle James on that. They ought not be so. The Christian home is really here and it exists to illustrate to a watching world how Christ's love can be lived out daily. We're to be the examples to those who are in the world. <coughs> of what it is to be a redeemed man, a redeemed woman, a redeemed family, living for their God, serving Him, and being blessed. Amen? That's what God's intent is for the home. Ultimately, it's blessing. Before we begin, let's pray. Father, I thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to be here behind this sacred desk today. Lord, what a privilege it is to address Your people. Lord, speak to our hearts today. Speak into our lives. 
Open up the eyes of our understanding, Lord, that we may see what Your Word has to say to us. Lord, give us Your wisdom to apply it to our lives, that we may walk in a way that's pleasing to You, Lord. We are Your people. We're a holy people, a separate people, Lord. Lord, Your Word has declared that. Help us, Lord, to be in actuality the people You've called us to be. Move in us today, we pray. Anoint me, Lord. I need Your anointing desperately as You know, without which I can do nothing. Speak through this servant today in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. We'll go to Ephesians 5.22. We'll look at three points today as it deals with harmony in the home. And really what we're going to do is examine biblical guidelines for relationships in the home. And let's make a decision, if we haven't already, to follow those guidelines. To line ourselves up with those guidelines. To live by them. We're going to see here in Ephesians 5, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture to all of us here today. We've heard it before, but let's really look at it and see, try to see what God is saying to us. Uh, verse 22 of chapter 5, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And notice he didn't say wives submit to somebody else's husband. He said you submit to your husband as unto the Lord. You mean submit to my husband as if he was Christ? Is that what that is that what he's saying? That's what he's saying. That's exactly what he's saying. You're to submit to the husband as to the Lord. Why? We're looking at the home, and when we look at the home, we have to see that God has set a structure in the home. It and all society rests upon that singular structure. You know, the Bible says a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one, one flesh, one. And out, out of that sacred covenant, amen, you know that's a covenant, amen, out of that covenant, children are born into the home, and God gives us instructions on how we're to raise those children. He gives husbands and wives instructions on how they're to construct uh, conduct themselves. Somebody say, Amen. Help this old preacher preach today. Come on. Man. The Bible says in verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, which is His body, of which He is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in some things. Oh, did I, did I quote that wrong, brother? What does that say? Everything. In everything. Oh, my goodness. Somebody said that. Some of the ladies said, said, I don't like that, man. Y'all can join the, the ladies in D.C. on the street there. They, they got room down there for you. Come on, man. So he's preaching real old school here. Wives, submit to your husbands. There's a picture to be seen there when we are, when we do this. The world can see Christ and the relationship He has with His church modeled in, in the home. Really, the church is made up of people, husbands and wives and children, that, that, have, that are modeling this. Okay, And what does Satan, the enemy of man, attack more than anything? Marriage. The home. The marriage. I've pastored for this is my 15th, going into my 15th year. 
And, uh, you know, you counsel all the time with people. You, the people that come to you with difficulties and problems. Uh, and, and, there's, and they're myriad. There are many things that, that people deal with issues of sickness, illness, whatever. The main thing that people look for help with is, number one, marriage. And number two, children. Number three would be illness. Those are the big ones. Why? Why do you think it's that way? Because if the enemy can disrupt the marriage, if he can disrupt the home, he's got the nation. He's got the church. Because the church is made up of what? Families. Marriages. People that are together. He's telling us the, the pattern, the actual role of the husband and the wife. The husband is to model Christ. The wife is to model the church in submitting to the husband. It's not one's better than the other. One's more important than the other. No, no, no. We're equally in Christ. It's a different role that we have. And the authority structure was established by God. Notice when God created Adam and, and, and there was no suitable help meet for him. And you know, if you ever think about this, it's very profound. Uh, he said it's not good for the man to be alone. So he made him a helpmate or meat that, that is suitable for him, King James says. And he calls the man to, to go into a sleep, a deep sleep. The first surgery done was, was the Lord there. And he, he opened up his side and took a rib and fashioned the woman and presented her to the man. And he said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And he called her woman. She was taken out of the man. Notice God didn't take her from his foot that he would rule over her, but rather from his side that he would rule beside her. They would rule together. When God said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, take dominion, he was talking to both of them. Hello? They were to rule, co-rule together. Just as Christ, will, when we're raised up at that resurrection day, amen, we're going to rule and reign with him by his side. Church, come on now. Amen. Do we deserve that? Should we have that? It's a privilege that because He chose us to be His bride, to be His a spouse to Him. And the marriage will take place in heaven. Amen. And we'll rule with Christ. And then the, down here, there's this same pattern is established here on the earth. The marriage. Uh, we'll see two things that we see submission, and that's important. You know, can you walk with God without submitting to Him? Can a marriage survive unless there's submission in the home? The wife to the husband? It, it really won't. Uh, you, what, what you have is uh, people have trouble with a couple areas and, 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 and here's the two areas. Number one is submission. <laughs> well, you know, my husband this, that, and another and I ain't going to, you know, I don't want to submit. I'm not going to. And you know, often they have a good case, really, <laughs> if you want to know the truth. I mean, let's be honest. It has to be through love and through relationship with Christ. Remember the scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, fellows sometimes will complain, well, my wife, she just doesn't want to do what, you know, she doesn't want to. And, and you, you want to say, look, well, you know, uh, you need to straighten up how you act sometimes here. You know, maybe she would. Uh, 
that was really weak there. <laughs> you know, do you want to submit to something that's crazy? You know, I don't think so. Come on. Uh, he's preaching now. Well, yeah, he's, he's meddling now. Come on. Now, old me, fellas, come on. Submit to the husbands in everything as the church submits to Christ. Verse 25. That's submission on the woman. But look at the look at the responsibility of the husband. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Oh. It's not a one-sided deal. Women, you submit. Husbands, you're supposed to love as Christ loved the church and gave himself sacrificially. For, you know, when we look at Paul and his ministry, he said that at one point that, you know, I could take a wife like Peter and the other apostles, but I would have to be, I would be more focusing on my wife if I did. It's better to remain single as I am. That's what he was saying. So that I could focus 100% on the Lord. And, and, and you say, does, does a, a single Christian have the ability? A single Christian has an advantage in that they can follow Christ anywhere. Once you enter into marriage covenant, you, you must, as a man, take care of your wife first. Amen. I mean, she's your responsibility. She's your uh, you. You are to to focus your attention on her, to give your life for her. Often, husband, we get married, we want to just live our lives any way we want. Come on, man, do what we want, have fun, do all those things, and our wife's sitting over there like. Then he comes in and wants me to submit to him when he's. Or the husband abdicates a position of authority in the home, lets the wife make all the decisions. Well, I must have got the wrong subject here. It's getting quiet. Y'all want to shout me down. You know, women will make decisions if they are then put in a position to do so because they have no choice. But I mean, somebody's got to make a decision. But it's really better that the man set the standard in the home in following Christ, serving the Lord, directing the home. And the wives can be wives, amen, and do what they do best. Be nurturers. Come on, man. But often we have homes today where things are out of balance and then we wonder why we have problems. Well, we're not in a biblical balance. Now, now you say, Pastor, that's kind of odd here where he's talking about wives submitting and husbands loving. What's the deal? I mean, how do you make how do you make a marriage work? Love. Love. First Corinthians 13, just read that. It's not just a poem to be put on a, a wedding invitation. It's something to be lived by, amen. Love conquers all. When we love one another as Christ has loved us, when we love with the love of Christ, which he, if He's in us, we can do that. Amen. What What's the problem in husband-wife relationships? That's what we're talking about in the home as far as harmony. Selfishness. Selfishness. I'm going to have my way. Well, it doesn't matter whether it's the husband or the wife. I'm going to do my thing. If we get rid of that and just love one another, we have a good marriage. A marriage usually breaks up when somebody says, well, I'm going to do this. And the other one says, no, we need to do that. And then we have, what do we have? We have 
we don't have harmony, we have discord. Amen. That that's that should never be. Amen. Let's move on. That's husband and wife. First Corinthians seven ten. We'll see the sanctity of marriage. The Bible talks about marriage is a holy, lifelong commitment, even with an unbelieving spouse. All by. First Corinthians seven verse ten. To the married, I give this command: not I, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband. But if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. Now, Paul here is, what is he doing? He's he's instructing the church on the sanctity of marriage. He's telling us clearly marriage is a commitment that's made as a covenant between a man and a woman for life. And he says, don't let that marriage be broken up. Uh, particularly if you're a believer. Okay, If you're a believer, that's who he's writing to. He's writing to the church. Can I get an amen? amen. He's not writing to us. believers aren't reading this book. How many know that? <laughs> I never read it until I got saved. And then I didn't have understanding until the Holy Spirit began to open it up to me. But it is pretty clear to us we're to uh, be committed. He says, don't separate we hear people uh, quite often, you know, uh, you know, I just, you know, I'm unhappy. I don't want to. Well, again, what is that selfishness? Come on, is it all about your happiness? It's about the generation. It's about whether we're gonna. That's, that's exactly right. Come on, man. Now, somebody says, well, the Bible said, and he's against them, and I agree with all that. But this is not the entire guidebook. What we're reading this morning on marriage. There are reasons why people uh, divorce at, at times. And, you know, if you're in an abusive type, or your life is in danger, they, there's reasons that you know he doesn't he doesn't address all that here. He's talking to the church. You know, how many believe that if you're a believer in Christ and Christ is in you, and you have a spouse that's a believer and Christ is in that spouse, that you can't if you can't work something out, there's a problem. Hello, I'm not talking about an unbeliever. I'm talking about two Christians. Okay, he talks about the unbeliever. He said, look, if a woman or a leaves, she must remain unmarried. That's what he says. And if a husband leaves, he must not divorce his wife. Come on, man. Why? What God has joined together, let no man put asunder, even you. Do you believe the vows joined you together as one? What is... I'm not trying to. I know it's a little wild, but let me let me give you a wild concept here. And I know maybe you weren't virgin on your wedding night. I'm not getting. I'm getting personal or nothing like that. But do you know that the act of sexual intercourse is the cutting of the covenant? Did you know that the hymen is the veil that is pierced, and blood is spilt to seal that covenant? Every covenant in the Bible, even the Abrahamic covenant, God required blood sacrifice for that covenant. What was the covenant God made with Israel? What was the seal of that covenant? Circumcision of the male sex order. Circumcision of the flesh. Marriage is a covenant, no different. There is an entering into that covenant, and it's not to be broken according to the Word of God. Somebody say amen. Get real quiet in here now. Somebody help me. 
hard preaching that. My goodness. But husbands should love their wives. Verse 28. In the very same way Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. We ought to love our wives. As our own bodies, Paul says, he who loves his wife loves himself. Man. Fellas, we'll go out and take care of ourselves, won't we? What about our wife? If we truly love her and love ourselves, we'll take care of her just the same. Amen. We'll do her right. We'll do good. We'll prioritize her thoughts, her feelings, her wants, her needs. We won't just be out there doing our own thing. See what happens when, when either one or the other gets out of balance. We grow apart. We drift apart. And that gives the place to the enemy to come in. Come on now. And the enemy comes in. And what happens? We begin to drift apart. He, he, he gets in that rift and begins to harm the, the, the institution of marriage. The church divorce rate is the same as that that's in, in the world. That's outrageous. Did we forget about forgiveness? Forget about love? Did we forget about what Christ did for us? How in the world can we get mad at somebody and stay mad? You're a believer. Get over it. Fix it. Well, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. Well, what did you do to Christ to put Him on the cross? Come on, Matthew. Man, we've been married. My wife and I've been married. She's, you know, everybody knows she's having problems with her, her, her mind, her brain, and everything. Well, we've been married for thirty-five years. Amen. It ain't been no walk in the park. <laughs> Hello, tiptoe. Remember, Tiny Tim tiptoe through the tulips. It ain't been no walk through the tulips, <laughs> I've said things I should never have said. But I thank God she was able to. At a time, she 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 bring that up, man. You know, you you know, and we had. How what do we do? We had to go to the cross with that, man. You have to forgive. You have to move on. It's time she's done that. I, I, I forgive. Let's move on. It's and that's real, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Come on now. Uh, it's not easy. Life. Hey, you want to get a revelation here? Life is not easy. It's a pain in the hiney. Come on, man. Thank God He said He'd never leave us nor forsake us. He would be with us always. Even in the bad, even in the good. He'll be with us always to the very end of the age. Amen. Verse 12, to the rest I say this, and He says, I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she's willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. Now look what he says here, verse 14. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife. And the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy or separate to the Lord. But if an unbeliever leaves... Well, let me stop there. There's your headship again in the marriage. And there, with that headship and authority that's given to the husband over the wife, 
in that proper, committed, submitted relationship there, you have children that are holy. Now, if one of them is not living right, that, that God will still honor you as a believer. Somebody say amen. That's a good thing. God will honor you as a believer whether you're the husband or the wife. And your children are set apart for God to deal with. For God to move upon. For God to, to use and to get a hold of their lives in the manner that He wants to. If, you're, if they were not set apart, there would be no spiritual covering over them. Satan would be able to, to get a hold of their lives and to disrupt them. We look at a lot of the things going on in our church, our school systems, and even our nation. We see a lot, and I'm just calling it what it is, rebellion. There's a lot of rebellion. There's a lot of uncovered people running around out there that don't have God's Spirit over their life. And we see it manifesting everywhere we go. And you and I as the church ought to realize what this is. This is, this is lawlessness. And as believers, we don't need that in our lives. Amen. We want to live holy to the Lord. We're going to serve Him and be a model to the world so that they'll want what we have. Amen. Amen. He talks about Staying with that spouse. Why would you stay with them? Because you're giving them time to come to know Christ. You're praying for them. You're, you're asking God to move that covering back over their lives or over their lives if it's never been there. You know, there's two reasons why you would have an unbelieving spouse. Only two. One, you, you were both unbelievers when you got married. Or you were disobedient and married somebody who wasn't a believer when you were a Christian. There's only two reasons. Come on. But God says, hang in there. Don't give up on that. It's a lifelong commitment. Even with an unbelieving spouse. You never know. Your lifestyle may lead them to Christ. Come on now. Verse 14, For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife. And the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But they are Holy. They're separated unto God. God's got His eye on them. He's got His hand over their lives. But if the unbeliever leaves, let him do so. Did you hear that? A believing man or woman is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. So does God sanction divorce? No, absolutely not. But if you're with an unbeliever and they don't wish to stay, they're free to go. Okay? That's what he says. If the unbeliever leave, let him do so. Verse 16, How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? Man. I think what we have today in our world, in our we have a culture that says, you know, when things don't go well, let me just hit the door. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more. Well, it ain't going good. Let me just go down and get a piece of paper. I'll just start all over again. And uh, I won't. I won't go too into detail. But I've counseled with people who have been multiply married many, many times, and wanted to get out of marriages even then to go into another one. I'm like, you come to the wrong person. The buck's gonna have to stop here. You gonna have to go somewhere else. One or the other. I mean, that's crazy. You know. 
how many bad ones can you can you pick? And it's all their fault, right? <laughs> I don't know. We need to buck up and do the right thing, or you just bad at picking. Maybe you just don't need to be married altogether. Just stop it. Why don't you please stop it? <laughs> Lord have mercy. You know, if you try a couple times, all right. But I mean, after that, I mean, it's like you know, I'm on my tenth husband. Wait a minute. I can't get ready to get rid of him. I'm gonna give me another one. <laughs> and people like they got several husbands and several children by several husbands. Hello. And who pays the price? We do. The children. The children do. Come on now. I, I'm a child of divorce. My my parents divorced when I was a young a young child. And it's it's brutal. It's brutal. Uh, doesn't just harm the, the parents, it, it, it hurts the children. And it even hurts older children. It's not just little kids. I mean, it hurts. It's, it's brutal. When you don't think of your own parents as, as divorcing. You don't think of that. That's just unheard of. It's like ripping something apart that's, that's holy and sanctified. And, uh, you know, we're to do everything we can to keep that together. That's what Paul is saying here. And thirdly, we, we look at the parent-child relationships dealing with harmony in the home. You know, there are times, like I just said earlier, that, that, that you cannot, there's nothing you can do, you know, to keep something together if one partner chooses to leave. And there's just nothing you can do. Uh, people have free will, free moral agency. And uh, like nothing stopped the one I was counseling that wanted to go on and get another marriage, you know. But has that, what did it do for? Did it help you? It, uh, no, it didn't. It doesn't. You transfer one problem from one relationship to the next one. It doesn't go away. How many know that you ever heard that say? You know, you you marry somebody. You, you, you walk into a relationship, your, your hopes are real high. Obviously, you wouldn't walk into it. You wouldn't get married, right? And then you get into reality. And then you realize, oh my God, what did I do? You know. But reality is where you live in reality, not, not fantasy. Okay, We all have that you know, ideal and then real. Keep it real. And, and when we're in the reality, we, we, we have to make the best of it. We have to do what we have to do to uh, and rely upon the Lord. What is wonderful about life is God will take us through rough patches if we if we work with Him, if we pray, if we seek Him, if we love our wives or husbands, love their you know wives their husbands, husbands their wives. He will get us through those areas, and our marriage becomes stronger. If you haven't gone through adversity in your marriage, in your life, as a, as a couple, as a family, hang in there. It's coming your way. You know, you can't get away from it. But don't let it destroy your relationship. And obviously, that has been happening if the divorce rate is as high as they statistically say it is. And I believe it is. I've heard it quoted by other pastors many times. And I've read it and uh, had a little book on it, and that's where I wrote it down from here. But it ought not be that way. We're going to talk now about parent-child relationships. Ephesians 
Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now we're going to hang on this last point just a little bit longer than the other ones, and then we're going to close. How many believe marriage is a good thing for harmony in the home? It's a good thing to fight for our marriage, to stand in marriage, to love and forgive and let it grow. Amen? But uh, the result of marriage often is be fruitful and multiply. There's, there's children involved. Amen? And we're going to look at the relationship of parent to child and of child to parent. Uh, children are told to obey, to be obedient to their parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's the right thing. That's one scripture that we read here today where the King James and the NIV, which I'm reading from, are exactly the same. Obey your parents, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So we're to honor our parents, our father and mother, and everybody here has a father and mother, unless you were genetically engineered in a laboratory. They haven't come yet, but they're on their way. The three parent babies will be here before you know it. So will the Antichrist. But each of us have a mother and a father. And we're to honor them. To obey them. Why do we... Here's, here's what I want you to get from the Scripture. Don't let it pass you. We just came through an inauguration of a president. The 45th president of the United States. Very young republic still, when you think about it, historically. Every four years we have an election. And it kind of almost harkens back to when I was a kid in the 60s when they were doing I lived in D.C. I was right outside of the district. And we had the riots and the civil rights marches and uh, the Martin Luther King uh, burning down buildings and things like that. And it's almost like, wow, we're still, we, we just went back in time to violence again, racial dis discord and uh, women's suffrage and rights and all of that, you know. And yet when you watch what was going on, and I hope you did just like myself, with a discerning eye, there's no real exercising of freedom of speech that was going on. It was calling for you know burning down the White House, beating uh, Trump supporters, uh, you know, uh, beating up, uh, smashing windows in banks and in coffee shops. And that's not First Amendment rights according to our nation, and certainly it's not biblically right at all. That is criminal activity. Simple as that. And we want to blame. Where's the blame? That's what I want to say. Where, why, how have we gotten this far to where this is acceptable? No one's calling it out. No one's saying this is wrong. They're almost like, well, they have a right to. We, I heard people I say, we, we, we don't accept this man as our president. Well, did he, did he overrule somebody and get into office by dictatorship, or was he voted in? I didn't even vote. Yeah, you're probably right. What's my message? What's my message today? Harmony in the home. And we're talking about husbands and wives, now children. It all stems back to what? The home. What kind of home do these people come out of? Broken homes. Broken homes. 
You think they came out of good Christian homes? They'd be down there doing that? I have a right to my own body and I want to be able to kill my baby in nine months. I should be able to do that. Well, don't sound right about that. Number one, that's not your body. That's, some, that's, a, that's another life inside of you. Well, the government ought to give me money to go any time to Planned Parenthood. And, really? Have we lost our minds? You decide to do it. Why do you blame the government? Have we lost our minds? How did this happen? We've had years of systematic disregard for God's Word. We've allowed our homes to be broken down, and we're walking. Every man is doing what's right in his own eyes, just like the book of Judges. Is that not true? Absolutely. Well, I got a right to go down there and uh, call somebody names. And we had a lady during his, he was doing his, uh, had his hand raised and was doing the oath of office. He's a grown woman crying like a little baby. He's not my president! <laughs> Did you learn that at home? Did you learn to act like that from your mom and daddy? Now, you know, this is the point I want to make. Because I, I hear this all the time. I hear it all the time. We always want to blame. And people will be like, well, you know, the church is so messed up. You know, the preacher, he don't. The preacher this, the preacher that, the preacher don't. It's the preacher's fault. Well, if they had more programs for my kids, if they did this, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's the church. It's the preacher. It's not. He's not doing what he... How many, how many, we don't have no school teachers in here, but how many, no, but it's the school's fault. Amen. The kids are all messed up. It's the school's fault. The school, if the school only did this, that, and the other. Now, do you know what? That's the stupidest thing you could ever say. Why? Hello? Whose fault is it? It's the parents' fault. There you go. Is the school supposed to Raise your children for you? Are they are they there to babysit your kids? No, no. But when they corrected them in school, you got. Now do you know you know when you're in. I, I don't want the school having to correct my kids. If I find out the school had, I will give you a true story. I'll give you a true story. Fourth grade, I mouthed off to a teacher. Okay, only did that one time. My daddy beat me so hard, I thought both butt cheeks were coming off. <laughs> and I never did that ever again. It was a yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Now, maybe we just need a little... And who did that? Did the school do that? No, my father did that. Okay? We, we, learn, we learn authority in the home. And we're going to read on and we'll see that. Well, we're to obey our parents. Why? They're there to instruct us, to teach us how to be good citizens of the kingdom of God and of the country that we live in and of the church and in the schoolhouse. And wherever we go, we're to be modeling good behavior and moral uh, fortitude because we're to obey our parents. Now, you know, I was raised as a child... Uh, by a non-Christian home. They weren't the believers in Christ, but you know they were moral people. I never heard my parents use a, a foul language or anything. Hello? I don't know what they did. I'm sure they, they did. They had their, when, when I, but they had respect 
And they made you have respect. Made you. Made you. Uh, and when it says here, children, obey your parents for it's right. Honor your father and mother. Because why? They took the time, invested in you, to train you and discipline you so that you would turn out right. You know, the, the, you know what a, a bad... We used to think as a kid, well, a good parent, we could go over to Jimmy's house and, and we could go smoke in the basement and the parent won't say nothing. They're good parents. Were they really? My parents, if you got caught smoking a cigarette, they'd shove them down your throat and you'd barf it all up. And then you get get the rear end beat off of you again. Who's the real good parent? You're so mean, I... I, I. I want to go to Jimmy's and live with them because Jimmy, they can do anything over there. <laughs> now, my parents showed love because they did discipline me. How many fathers? In raising children, mine are grown now. But you have to whip them from time to time. Do you, do you enjoy that? I, I never enjoyed that. I didn't have to do it a lot. But I mean, occasionally when it happens, you don't feel good about that. You'd rather not. That's right. Why do you? It's like, man, I got to do something here. They're gonna get crazy. I'm gonna go bug wild. I just got to come that's, here. That's the board of education. That is. If I hear you act up in the school or you speak disrespect with another adult, come on over you. I'm gonna work you right over. <laughs> you, you gonna regret that. But what do we have in our society today? You know, if I was at, at my age, if my father saw me downtown on TV, he, 80 years old, he'd come down and put his foot up my rear end. I'd fear that. Come on now. Hello? What in the, are you doing? But I wouldn't want to disrespect or, or bring reproach on my family by even doing such a thing. Hello? But we have a, a world without conscience. A half of the world running around without conscience out there. Hello? Amen. It all begins in the home. We can have homes that have harmony, peace. Amen? That's what the goal is. Come on there. But it takes a little work and effort. And He charges the wife. He charges the husband. And God charges the children what to do. Amen? In verse 3, He says... Honor them, your parents, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. He says that this is a commandment, not a, not a suggestion, is it? It's the first commandment above all things. Children, obey your parents in all things. Obey them. So that, and he promises you, it has a promise. What's the promise? That you may live long, a long life on the earth. How many want to live a long life? Honor you. you want to live a short life? Dishonor your parents. Disrespect your mother and father. And you'll cut your life short. I mean, it's right in the Bible. Honor them, you live long. That's a promise. How many believe God says what He means, means what He says? He promises you something. I mean, that's a guarantee. Anybody in this room sitting here right now says, Man, I want to live, I wish I could live a long Just honor your mother and father. And you will. God says, I promise you, hallelujah, glory to God. That's a good one. He didn't have to do that. He could say, just do it because it's right. Boom. He 
said, but if, I'm going to promise you something. If you do this, it's going to give you a long life. Fathers, now this is, a, this is key. Do not exasperate your children. He says in King James, provoke your children to wrath. What does that mean? Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Man, that's, that's kind of hard to understand. What does he mean by that? No, he's, what he says, I mean, know what I'm talking about when you have parents who like, or fathers particularly, and that's who he's charging, that are always on their kids. You better do this. You need to do that. You you know you you straighten up, fly right. You know I'm gonna put the belt on you. I'm gonna. It always it's like the. God said, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be that way. Don't be. Your job is not to ride their butt. Don't exasperate them. Train. What is Dave was training me? That, that means work, doesn't it? That means effort. That means instructing them. That, that, that's putting in some time to train someone. Little Isaac there, he don't just jump up on the toilet, right? And just say, hey. Robbie said, go over there. Go over there and go to the bathroom. And he just takes care of business and does everything himself. That don't happen, does it? Why? He's not trained. Trained. Training is a process. It's fun, ain't it? No, it's not. <laughs> Welcome to parenthood. Oh. Welcome to parenthood. But we're charged to train our children. They don't. It doesn't happen by itself. Why do we have people running the streets, run amok, and all that? They've not been trained. They're out defecating all over society. Oh, I don't, shouldn't have said that, but I, I did mean it, so I'll leave it out there. They're not potty trained. They're not potty trained. That's what it is. They're pooping on our country because they didn't know better. They don't know any better. They didn't learn to do what's right. That's, that's a crazy illustration, but it fits, doesn't it? It really does. Think about that. It all begins in the home. That's what I want you to see. When little Pearl and little Violet's coming up, uh, are they just going to run buck wild and do whatever? No, you got to... Train them in love, amen. Not, you know, I'm a tyrant, and you're gonna be the, and you're gonna be home at a certain you and they're like, oh. don't exasperate your children. Why do we not just be that way? Because there's another side to being a father. Not, it's not just to train and exasperate and get them all. Hey, you want to go to the ball game? Hey, you want to go out? Come on, go fishing with Dad. In a rubber boat. And pop the boat with a fishing hook, you know. <laughs> when I was give my dad, hey, let's go to a Redskin game, son. Hey! That was I look forward to that. We're gonna go see the see Washington play ball here tonight. Yeah. You spend quality time with your children when you're training them and being with them. Spend some quality time. I know we, we tend to get busy when we work. We put our careers kind of ahead to try to get ahead for the family. You know, we do it for the family. 
but often we don't spend the time we need. And if all they do is see Dad come home and whip off the belt, you know, they're going to get... Don't become just as rebellious as if you wouldn't train them. I mean, all he does is just beat us all the time. What kind of dad is that? That's right. I mean, I go to work and come back, and I would be gone because my commute was so long. I'd be gone 14, 15 hours a day. And I get home. She's home with four kids, man. I mean, that, that's. I drive up, man. She can greet me at the door. Beat this one. Beat that one. They did this. They did. I'm <laughs> like, I just want to love them a little bit. I'm like, you don't know what they did. Of course, they were real good for me when I showed up, but they terrorized her, you know. <laughs> right, baby? <laughs> Dad's home. All you know, under the beds and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my old man. We had the little beds in the room hardwood floor and I had broke the neighbor's window out with the throwing rocks and stuff. It was a bad situation. <laughs> I'm telling your dad, you know, as soon as he gets home, I'm like, oh my your dad's driving up in the drive. I'm like, oh I thought rip the sheet we had like a, a sheet out underneath the bed, you know. And I remember I had to crawl and I ripped the sheet out and I was hanging on to the slats. And just late and I heard the steps coming in the bedroom on that hardwood floor. <laughs> Alright boy, yes, he, he never called me by my name. It was boy, you know, boy. <laughs> yes, sir. He said, you coming out from there? I said, no, sir. <laughs> he said, you come out. So I'm not coming out. I felt that hand come up underneath there. I was holding on to this slash, man, with dear life. He broke the window, didn't he? Yes, sir. I never threw a rock at a neighbor's car again. If I had never paid the price, I might have tried it. Hello? You see? Do you think somebody wants to come home from work and have to do that? But sometimes it is necessary. You know, we need to train them. But it's better if we spend quality time with them and spend time... And, and they love us, we love them, we're in a good harmony. When they want to, to direct our lives, we're more than we don't want to fail them, we want to please them. That's right. Because they're they love us. We know they love us. But when we just see a tyrant that comes and goes, you know, my my son was very telling me over the years ago, he said, Yeah, when you come home, it's always like he was the big ogre who came in the door, fee fi full phone, you know, better run. I didn't want to be that way, you know, but maybe you need to straighten out a little bit. I don't know. But we got to be careful that we don't become over-disciplinary on them, but we do need to discipline. We need to train and instruct. Notice it says, in the Lord. Amen? The instruction of the Lord. And uh, it's important to have our kids in church when we're raising them. So are they in? Hear the Word of God. See other Christian people become a part of the body of Christ. Amen? Then they know that God loves them. And my kids can look back. And uh, I'm sure they remember. We're back in the day. We got it easy today. One service on Sunday. And we used to have Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We always had those short speaking preachers, didn't we? 
They just had little short services. Yeah, two hours later. <laughs> you think I'd go a long way? You should have sat under a few that I had. Come on now. I mean, the message didn't even get started till about two hours in, right? Huh? <laughs> Kids be all laying up under the seats. <laughs> it's time to go yet. <laughs> a couple hours, I gotta go to school. <laughs> Back in the old days, amen. But they grew up in the church, training and instruction, and they're, and they're still in the church. Amen. Come on now. Come on now. It's worth the effort. It's worth the trying. It's not always perfect, okay? I mean, there's no perfect place. But you got to make the effort. you got to try. You know, most of us members of an adult uh, church here, you know, play some role in a home situation as an authority figure, correct? We are someone's authority spiritually. We have children as well as those that are under our care. And it may be a child taking care of an elderly parent. That's, that's a, a responsibility as well. You know, at some point, you know, we come into this world bald-headed and crying, wetting ourselves, and we kind of end up leaving the world bald-headed and crying, wetting ourselves, hello? And uh, we come in taking care of our kids. And if I think if we do a good job of that, maybe when we get in a situation of need, uh, somebody be there to take care of Come on now. You may be at home. Like my wife and I, we've, we've gone through a period of empty nest syndrome. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's odd. I've had to uh, get used to, over the last few years, of cooking for two people. It's like impossible. How do you do, how do, you do that? I, was, I used to buy everything like Super Bowl Family Club Pack. And then we'd just pull them out and wrap them. And, you know what I'm saying? I could save, you know, 50 cents if I bought a whole thing. And you're counting all your money because, you know, you got to... Six mouths to feed, amen. And uh, then we end up by ourselves. It's like, she's like, you always cook dinner. It's like for an army, man. I'm like, well, that's what we used to have, and now I've got to try to. You ladies are good at that. Intuitively, you make whatever you need. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I need to make this much so we can eat meatloaf for three weeks in a row. It's like, But God wants harmony in the church and in the members of the body in the home, between spouses, between children, between uh, relatives, amen, associates. If we're not careful, if we, not stay, if we don't stay on it, we, we can allow our relationships, whether it's husband and wife, children, sibling, we can allow them to sour. We, we, we need to be aggressive. We need to realize there is an enemy. There is a Spiritual foe. What does he want to do? Divide and conquer. How do you stop it? You don't play the game. You say, I'm not going to be used by the enemy. I'm going to love, submit. Now, you said, Pastor, the Bible said wives are to submit to their husband. Do you know that Jesus also said that you, as his followers, all of us, are to submit to one another in the fear of the Lord? 
Submit to one another. He also says, prefer one another over yourself, for this is right in the Lord. Prefer one another. He, he said the greatest among you will be your tyrant, your servant. So we're to love one another, submit to one another, and we'll have harmony in the home. How many know this, this here, this is a church, but this is what? It's a home. We're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen? So we're to have unity, harmony, let the Holy Spirit develop the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many know that's essential? To live a good Christian life. To be a witness for Him. We have to have that. I struggle with those at times. I mean, I've got to allow God to produce that fruit in me. It's as I crucify my flesh, myself, that He can produce the fruit in me. Where does all discord stem from? Like I said earlier, it's self. It's a strong. Do you know what? We all, every person in here, we have a strong sense of self. And we, in the world, admires that. But you know, God doesn't have much use for that. That's right. He said, we need to deny our self, pick up our execution or cross and follow Him. You can't follow Him doing your way. You know, like uh, President Trump was singing uh, Frank Sinatra's signature, uh, I did it my way. Well, that, that's not real too biblical there. I, mean, <laughs> I would rather do it His way. Come on. And if we go His way, we'll have peace and harmony. There's not a home that does not experience some conflict and disharmony. We're still weak humans. We're subject to failure as long as we're in the flesh. But the Spirit is there, and He's here to help us and every member of every home who desires to experience God's supernatural harmony. We can have, church, harmony in the home. It's a decision that we have to make. We need to let go and let God. Let's stand this morning. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.